What up, guys? Welcome to the Celtics Pulse podcast. I'm Adam at Celtics Pulse. I'm Brendan at NBA Distributor. I'm Cody at The Cover Three. Uh, I'm Blake at Blake Fire Ninety Seven. And I'm Landon at Hot Pelicans. And today, guys, we're going to be ranking the West. So let's kick it off. Who's everyone got at number one? I think this is going to be obvious. Yeah, yeah I mean, Warriors. The Warriors. Yeah, we all got Golden Warriors. State, I think. Yeah, Phoenix Suns, number one team, 2018. Heard here first. <laughs> With the Kings at a hot second. <laughs> yeah, but second. You, you, nothing. The Warriors probably are going to go down as the greatest team to ever be assembled. Uh, you just look at the. There's really. I think for number one, we should argue: Is anyone going to? Could, could anyone overtake number one like they did last year with the Rockets? Um, but Warriors, they sort of have it down pat. You have Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. You have Demarcus Cousins coming back in February. How good he, is he going to be? Is up for debate. I think he's going to be still a stud. Uh, a little bit less than what he was last year. Obviously, an Achilles injury isn't nothing to mess with. But he's still going to be a perfect fit for that team. They're going to shoot threes like it's no one's business. They're defensively sound. Their bench rotation's great. Coaching's phenomenal. There's just I don't see a weakness on this team other than central position through the first few months of the season. But even then, how are you going to outscore them? You have to score at least 130 points to win, or everyone else has to like be sick or something. I don't know. Warriors number one team. They could push three years with Kevin Durant in the system. They could push their record for wins again, and I think they do. I think they hit 70 wins this year, at least. Yeah, just well, yeah, the Warriors. Give some sort of just to give some sort of variance on that. I guess uh, I don't know. I could definitely see. Um, I could see uh, argument both ways of whether Boogie really works out or not. But uh, just in my experience of him being in New Orleans, um, I could definitely see him hitting hurting that chemistry just a little bit, just because of his his natural tendencies. He, he's a very flawed player. Um, he is a superstar. He was a superstar at least before the injury. Maybe he'll be able to get to that place again, but um, he definitely does have some problems getting back on defense, being really slow on that end. Not a great rim protector either for a center, and um, and yeah, so we'll just see. I I definitely could uh, would prefer Clay and Steph and them shooting those threes as opposed to Boogie, but I guess we'll see how it works out. Well, I think the thing is that if Boogie isn't good, you still can run that Iguodala lineup, and that could still potentially be their best lineup, and they didn't get any worse from last year, even if Boogie's not in there. It's true. Yeah, they're going number one. We, we could sit here all day and talk about the ifs and buts, but there's no team in the league that, that can match them other than Boston, but we're talking about the West here. Yeah. I think the Rockets are up there, though. Yeah, dude, they pushed them hard, man, but I can't see the Rockets stealing the one seed for two years in a row. And they got I worse. The Rockets got worse. The Rockets they lost a couple of key... Yeah, they, they got Ariza. They lost Abute. Uh, a Muhe or somewhat Luke Rashard, Nimbao Mute, however you say his name. Um, they lost those. Yeah, they <laughs> lost those two. And how you know they're not superstar players by any means, but they're perfect system players for that lineup and that offense and that defense they run. Ariza's uh, gonna yeah. hurt, dude. That's the one they're gonna feel the most through the season. Definitely, he was him as a three and D player for them last year was um, was one of the best in the league. I mean, in that category and. Uh, and having going from him to James Ennis, I, I don't know how that's going to translate. And they still do have P.J. Tucker, though. That's true. I think he's going to be playing more small ball four for them, though, than three. Yeah. I mean, I think that whole thing was they want they sort of took all, off him, Ariza, and Mbamute relatively do the same thing. They shoot threes, and they play really good defense. They can play three and four defensively, all three of them can, and they sort of pick the cheaper option. Because they had to give uh, Clint Capella his money, which I thought his money was deserved um, for the role he plays on that team, $20 million yes. a year to be an elite rim protector and a pick-and-roll player. That's what that team needs, and that's you know a big reason why they pushed the Warriors um, was him being that rim protector down low. But yeah, and I think his I offensive think that, game will come forward, too. Yeah, I mean, they're not asking him to shoot – Jump shots. They're asking him to just be effective in the pick and roll game and maybe get a little some hook shots. But uh, Brennan and Blake, how do you see the Warriors uh, Rockets doing this year? Um. So, excuse me. Um. So for the Rockets this year, uh, someone made a really good point that they lost two, three, and D guys and are kind of just replacing him with one guy. Um. I think the Rockets are more of a gamble season than they are uh, than they were last year because 
of how kind of secure the system was with those guys in there. Although uh, we, I couldn't pronounce his name either, Balamute, <laughs> uh, he did uh, not as well as Trevor Ariza. I think the fact that they lost two pieces and only got like one back is kind of why I'm saying it's a gamble. They, uh, they're, they're just less secure than they were last year, but they're practically the same team. The thing with the Warriors, though, is they are the same team, and then they, they, they just got the best center in the league, potentially, um, for $5.8 million, I think, or something like that. Just really cheap. So they're on less of a gamble. They're on more of a, here you go, <laughs> here's another free win, basically. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I think the Rockets just don't have any defense, really. If Melo's in their end-of-game lineup, then he's just going to get abused. And I don't know if they have five guys that can put out there now that can actually switch on everything and be playing good defense uh, at the end of a close game. So I, I don't I don't necessarily want to say they got worse, though. I mean, they would have gone to the finals and probably won the whole thing if CP3 was healthy, I think. Um, and hopefully, you know, everyone's healthy this year. And Melo's going to do great for them on offense because I think he'll have a lot more open shots than he did in OKC. Uh, so I, I think they do have a chance at the Warriors. So yeah, I saying, totally we, forgot. Warriors one, Rockets two. Yeah, I totally forgot yeah. about Melo on the Rockets. That honestly could hurt them a lot because as much as I love Carmelo Anthony being a Syracuse basketball fan and how uh, watching him play, like he is, he can, he still has that Dwight Howard effect that like he's a good player, but wherever he goes, there seems to be some sort of drama. There seems to be something off, and. Will he stall an offense? I think that D'Antoni is going to use him a lot better than uh, Billy Donovan did last year. But still, uh, he, he can go off for 30 off a bench any game, any night. But he can also go 0 for 11 with 0 for 7 from three-point shooting and not be that great and sort of kill that offense. And he might, and especially when, if that keeps happening and they drop his role a little bit, is he going to be upset? Is he going to be angry if they keep dropping his role, dropping his role? Yeah, that could be a real issue for the Rockets, I think. Well, you know, like when they had their spree at the end of Game 7 where they missed however many ridiculous amount of threes in a row, I think, you know, if you have Melo in there, then all of a sudden you can get the, Mello on the, el- get Mello the ball on the elbow and say, get me a bucket, and I think he can still do that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Melo so can put I- up points whenever he wants. That's... That's why he's mellow, but the problem is he ain't going to be able to play D, and if his spot on that team really is and should be coming off the bench, how is he going to affect the chemistry moving forward through the season? How are the other guys going to feel when he's not running back on D and they're having to plug holes because he just can't be bothered? Yeah, it definitely yeah. raises um, their ceiling more so than, than their floor because if, if Melo's not hitting, that's just that's just a, um, a killer on your just your chemistry and everything. I mean, OKC would try to feed him the ball, and when he's just freaking three after three, even when he's playing in a – you know, he was trying to play in a 3 and D role or catch a spot-up three role that he's not really suited for. He's an ISO guy. But, um, but yeah, I definitely think that um, if he's hitting, then he's really added to your team, and that's almost a third star for the Rockets. But if not, I could definitely see it coming back to home. On him. So, who we, so we all have three? that as our one two though. The yeah, one two. Yeah, yeah. Warriors. Rocket. This, this is where it's gonna get interesting because I think I have a left field prediction for three, but we'll see. Okay, so drop it. What's the left field prediction? Give me the Utah Jazz as a three seed this year. Oh, and here's a big reason why. I'm not. It's not because I think Donovan. I mean, I like Donovan Mitchell, but I wasn't. You know, and I he's a good player, but I'm not thinking he's like the best player. Rudy Gobert missed 30-something games for that team last year. And you see the impact he has defensively. Utah Jazz finished 48-34, and one game away from the three-seed last year. And Donovan Mitchell came on late in the year. So at the beginning of the year, they were looking, I believe they were out of the playoffs, like six, seven seed. And then they once Gobert came back, once Mitchell found it, they turned it on. Quinn Snyder is low-key one of the best coaches in the league. I thought he should have won Coach of the Year last year if it wasn't other than Brad. I thought Quinn Snyder should have been uh, Coach of the Year for what he did with that Jazz team, losing Gordon Hayward, uh, trading away Rodney Hood at the at the trade deadline, who was averaging like 16. You have Jay Crowder, who's a good switching defender. Their team's very, very defensive orient, orient. I can't say the word. 
oriented. oriented. Yeah, oriented. <laughs> on top, I can't English like 85% of the time. We all know what you're saying. But Donovan Mitchell, another year, he's a stud. You have Rudy Gobert, who I think is a top 25, top I want to. I think I put him 16, 17 in my top 25 players. He's a, a legit force on the boards defensively. Give me Utah for the three seed. Yeah, I don't think it's a stretch to say they could get the three seed. I just, for me personally, I have to see them put it together for a whole season because um, even though Gobert was out a lot of last season, um, they didn't really get that good consistency until they started streaking kind of late in the season and, uh, and really going up in the standings. But uh, I have to see them put it together for a whole season, and I'd love to see – Go Bear, just be able to be a little more versatile, especially in the playoffs when people play small. I just think he kind of needs to expand his game, be able to keep up with those small ball lineups. So who's your pick? My pick for the three seed is going to be the Thunder. Um, I kind of think that um, it's just going to – I kind of see it as an addition by subtraction thing. I think their chemistry will be a lot better with uh, without Melo on the team. I honestly last year wanted – to see uh, Paul George getting a bigger role. Um, last year, he was getting a lot less shots. His efficiency kind of went down with, with Westbrook. And I think it, uh, that team would really benefit from getting him some more shots, getting him at a little more forefront of the offense while also having uh, Roberson back, which uh, when they had Roberson, I mean, that was a that was a top five defensive team last year. So, um, so yeah, I think with uh, having a true – and also having a true uh, four in there, um, having somebody that can actually get some rebounds and, and defend a little bit and not having Melo playing at the four. But, uh, but, yeah, I have the Thunder as the three seed. Well, what do you think about that Schroeder pickup, though? I don't think – I think he's kind of the same thing as Melo where he's not a big guy off, with playing off ball and Westbrook has not shown the ability to do that too well either. So I almost think that you're going to have the same problem with Schroeder there. I, I do think the Thunder have a lot of potential. They have good defense, especially if Roberson is healthy. Patrick Patterson's nice, but uh, – Talking specifically to Schroeder pickup, I don't think it does all too much for them. I mean, they don't they don't need him to have a crazy role, but he's going to want to be a big part of that team, as he should be. He's a good player. I just don't think he's going to fit a lot of minutes next to Westbrook. I agree yeah, with that. Big I definitely can see how you can make the argument about them playing together because uh, we haven't seen Schroeder in an off ball role. Um, he he controlled a lot of the pace and in uh, just the ball in general in Atlanta when he was there, but I also have always kind of seen him as a backup point guard, which he may not see himself as a backup point guard. But, um, but I've always kind of thought, even when he was putting up a solid, you know, 20 points a game in Atlanta, I kind of always saw him as that, that kind of spark off the bench that could, could get you some points. So, um, yeah, that will be interesting to see him and Westbrook playing together. But um, I think his offense will, will only be able to help them, even though he's not a great three-point shooter. Um, I think they just needed a little punch off the bench and, and should be able to give him that. Yeah, man, I'll take, um, I'll take Thunder at three, too. Yeah, I mean, Thunder have talent. I mean, I, I'm a big, big – I do not like Billy Donovan at all. I think he could have managed that team a lot better in the way he runs his offense. It looks very elementary. And he was a really good coach in college, a really, really good coach for the Florida. Obviously, won those back-to-back national championships. First team – only team ever to do that. No, I lied. Only last team in a while to do that, I want to say. Um but very, very uh, good college coach. Not great in the pros. I haven't really seen it. He has talent. Uh, Westbrook is a stud. Um, but I feel like he can sort of take, he can take you out of games a lot of the time. Uh, I think Paul George is going to have a better year this year. Um, definitely, I do feel like Paul George. Still a little head-scratching move signing the contract he did with Oklahoma City. Uh, but like I said, that Schroeder pick really is basically mellow, just at a lower scale. And like I said, he's a back backup point guard. Yeah, but when you have Russell Westbrook playing 36 minutes, 38 minutes a game, you can only really effectively use Schroeder for 12, 10 to 12 minutes a game. And you want him theoretically playing 18 to 20, 8, 20 to 22, 23 minutes a game being your sixth man off the bench. So how I just think is a little too – it's too much of last year. I see a little too much of last year. Um, him going to the bench, though, being shorter being on the bench and their starting lineup being a little more consistent helps. And Steven Adams is still a, a stud, but I just don't – I see them still being in that purgatory state of last year. Dude, I think Steven Adams is one of the most underrated players in the league. Oh, I agree with that. He's a stud. Aquaman's the real deal. Kaikon Ball, <laughs> dude. So All right, so number four. What yeah, we got for no. number four? I'm not. We're not done with three yet. Hold on, we got two more here. Oh, <laughs> nice! I totally forgot. Hold Brendan um, Blake. So, I apologize wholeheartedly. No, you're fine. Who's uh? Go ahead. Who's first? Go ahead. Who you got okay. So 
Um, for number three, honestly, I would put the Jazz there actually instead of the Thunder because I think uh, along the lines beforehand when uh, – sorry, I don't remember uh, your name, whoever was talking about the Jazz, but uh, the defensive capabilities with that team hasn't really changed from last year. They do have a really good system. And the, the point that Rudy Gobert was out and they still successfully kind of had a really good system that worked for them uh, – I would just put them higher than OKC because OKC also is uh, along the same lines of the Rockets, the point I made earlier. The, the pieces that they moved um, is kind of just like a gamble. Schroeder is uh, a ball-dominant person in Atlanta, and then he comes to an off-ball uh, position. So we just got to see how that works out with uh, Westbrook and everything like that. But I think with Utah, you got second-year Donovan Mitchell, Ricky Rubio, uh Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors, like those four right there are already amazing. I'm forgetting who they're going to put as so small line. forward. Yeah, I would say Joe Ingles, but uh, who who's like their Cephalosha maybe or something like that might start with them this Jay year. Crowder. I don't know who would do that. Jay Crowder. Or Jay Crowder, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jay Crowder. They honestly um, could run uh, Ingles at three, Crowder at four, Favors off the bench. Yeah, they, they have – see, they're very versatile too. That's the thing is they can they – can, they have a lot of stretches – um, in the groups they have, they have Jay Crowder who can play a three and potentially a four, and then they have Derek Favors who can play the four and five. Rudy Gobert can Favors, probably. Though. I think they're going to move him soon. Yeah. Um, if they are, then uh, I guess we got to see where they go from there. But, yeah, that's my case for the Utah Jazz, number three. And Brendan, what you got, bro? All right, so everyone's got Utah and OKC as these two, and probably as the next one also behind them. I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball in here. I'm going to go with the Lakers. LeBron has oh. killed my hopes and dreams so many <laughs> oh, times. I completely forgot about the Lakers. That it's so hard oh, not to put him up there. Like, LeBron, and, you know, it's a better team than he had in Cleveland last year. Um, I guess you could debate their shootings worse, but I think they have a really nice, like, that, their death lineup that they're going to also with uh, – Lonzo, Hart, Ingram, Kuzma, and LeBron. I think that's a good lineup. Um, and they're young, and they'll they'll hustle. It's going to be different for LeBron. But I, I just I can't count that guy out. So oh I, I have him at my three. I completely forgot about them. This LeBron at center. LeBron at center. I think on the death lineup as well. And that's going to make it really easy for him to just take the ball at the block. He can just be handed off there, and he can just hit his fadeaway. Well, that's There's, what he wants um, to work on. Man. He wants to yeah. prolong his career working from the block more. Yeah. Because he, um, uh, he, I remember something. It was like Kobe and MJ, as their careers started to fade towards the lower end, they started moving down closer and closer to the block. So I remember hearing that somewhere uh, along the same lines of what you were just saying. Yeah, so, no, that's true. Yeah, they did. And their usage rate stayed the same, but their. their po- their hot spots on the floor changed. They were close, playing a bit mm-hmm. more with the back to the basket. And LeBron's built for that, dude. That's like, I don't understand oh, yeah. why you never done that a year or two ago, or, or why a team wasn't constructed like that two years yeah. ago for him. And I think Luke Walton's a good coach for it. I mean, people forget he pretty much deserved that coach of the year for the seventy three and nine Warriors. Uh, he was the deciding factor in taking Bogut out and putting Iggy in and running that small ball lineup with Dre at the five. Like, he's a good coach. He's come. He comes from Kerr and Popovich, so I think that'll go good for them. And I actually had LeBron as my sleeper defensive player of the year with all the crap that he's been getting about switching off of Draymond and not guarding him in the finals and stuff like that. He's definitely a capable defender that's really good, and if he's going to be playing the five and protecting the rim, I could see him taking a big defensive stance. You definitely can't count LeBron out, but I definitely uh, see some flaws just in like the roster construction of this team. There's a uh... I don't know, some of their questionable signings after the offseason started with, with Rondo and JaVale and, and uh, Lance. I, Lance. I definitely yeah. think um, in terms Michael of the Beasley. shooting, I mean, we know they have Kuzma. We know they have uh, we have Ingram and, and whatever. But, um, but yeah, just off the bench and everything, I just can't see. Uh, LeBron just works really well with having shooters around him. And most of these people are more like drive-to-the-basket guys or Ingram's kind of getting that ISO game going in the mid-range and that kind of stuff. I just I'm, – I'm interested to see how that spacing and everything's going to work with LeBron. And uh, and a lot of people are putting them out as like this tenacious defensive team. But um, but I don't know if their signings are exactly, you know, tenacious defenders. I mean, Rondo is... It doesn't back it up that much. Be, when yeah. he wants to be, he can be okay. Lance Stevens is not a very good defender. JaVale McGee, it is, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, he was okay in 
in Golden State, but but you know that's in a system that makes everybody look good. So so I'm interested to see uh, to how that's going to work. I don't I don't I don't know if I'm as sold on them being being the third seed. See, I like the roster moves they made. The the whole point of LeBron playing in this new system and playing more on the block means that they have to construct a team differently. So there's not going to be as many shooters. They want more playmakers around him, so he doesn't have to have the rock in his hand as much. He can move off ball more, set himself up down on the post, and to do that you need playmakers that are going to feed you the ball so I understand that other than JaVale I understand pretty much every move they made and uh, I like I like the way the roster's constructed I didn't have them at three I had them more along four or five but I get what they're doing and you could literally put LeBron on the Nets and I think that's still a playoff team LeBron on the Mavs and that's still a playoff it's LeBron like yeah, LeBron dude. makes a team no matter what it is like me us us five with LeBron they're probably a playoff team. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I got a corner three. Yeah, I no, mean, I'm taking that, two, I, 100%, I was looking at the rankings from last year and kind of like remembering all the moves from what it was, and I completely forgot the Lakers, and now I think my heart hurts because I really liked my eight, and now I had to kick someone out, and I think my <laughs> heart hurt. So I know that there is a uh, a Pelicans fan and a Wolves fan in here that's probably going to have one of their teams a little higher, uh, but I think that those three teams that we listed is my is a good three to five, like in in mixed up orders. But that's just my three to five is the Thunder or well first I'd have the Lakers and then I'd have Thunder and Jazz, but I think they're all pretty interchangeable there. You call yourself a Celtics fan? <laughs> you put in Lakers above a lot of people. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's why I had the Lakers lower than three, man. <laughs> You're like yeah. the Lakers don't even make the playoffs. Fuck the Lakers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got all our threes out of the way. Yeah, yeah. So all our threes are out of the way. Who do we have four? I like like Brennan just said. We have a you know Jazz, uh, Thunder, Lakers are probably going to be all our fours. Um, fours or fives. I actually have the Spurs at four. Okay, um, I like the Spurs. All right, we, I, I guess we all got a let's few curveballs. We all got a few curveballs. Oh, okay, okay. We're not we're not <laughs> trusting. Here's here's why I have the Spurs at four. You look at the Spurs last year, forty seven thirty five, um, and like I said, three through uh, eight last year were only two games apart for everybody. So literally, and the Nuggets were. Three games. So, basically, three through nine were three games apart, and that could have gone any which way, whatever. You That Spurs team, you take away Danny Green, add DeMar DeRozan, add Jakob Pertl. Two, uh, one's a top 20, top 25 player in the NBA, and, yeah, you lose Kawhi Leonard, but Kawhi Leonard didn't play last year. So, no, you're not going to be as good as two years ago when Kawhi did play, and I think they won 60 games and were the two or three seed, two seed. But now you have... DeMar DeRozan, who is, you know, I'm, I think he's a little overrated, but he's still a good player. The one gripe I have on this team, uh, Pau Gasol and how he's going to work defensively, and, uh, you know, that defensive switchability, I don't think they have enough of it. And also, three-point shooting, I don't see a lot of three-point shooting there, but you still have Greg Popovich. Like, Greg Popovich literally constructed a team of a 48-year-old, like everybody on that team was, like, 30 or above, and then, like, two rookies who can't shoot. And they won 47 games last year. Like, they're insane. Yeah. Their points allowed per game were was under 100. They were the second in points allowed per game. Actually, they tied for first. Them and Utah both at, uh, allowed 98.8 points allowed per game, which is kind of crazy. Um, and then you also have Deontay Murray, who's a really, really good uh, up-and-coming point guard, who's not really going to give you a lot offensively. He, you know, averaged 14 probably this year. Uh, but second team all NBA defensively, um, DeMar DeRozan can, is a walking 28 points a game, as he's shown the last three years. I think this team is the four seed. And like I said, last year, they're a bunch of their role players. You just put a, a star player on that team now. Again, I think it's a, they're going to be a pretty good team, and they're going to get the four seed. I, I think they kind of have a Laker problem, though, with their shooting. Uh, they don't space the floor great. But, yeah, I mean, they made it work last year, so I get what you're saying. You can't count out Popovich. Uh, the Spurs are one of the only teams that I'd kind of debate putting up there. But I would take a good guess that the Pelicans fan has the Pelicans over the Spurs. 
Yes, that's right. I do have the Pelicans um, <laughs> at fourth on, on fourth on my list. Uh, yeah, the biggest homer take um, out of everyone. But um, I do have the Pelicans up there. Um, kind of the thing, I'll talk a little bit about the Spurs before I go to that. I don't think the Spurs are going to be fourth because yeah, I just don't think it's that cut and dry as just inserting uh, DeRozan a great score into, into that spot and them just being a great offensive team. I just see a lot of flaws. Yeah, like losing – uh, with the defense, definitely losing Kyle Anderson and um, and Danny Green, and that kind of is uh, going to hurt, especially on the perimeter where the Spurs were, uh, I think, the best team at defending the three last year or allowed the you know the least amount of threes. They were really good at defending the perimeter, so they're definitely going to take a hit there. I definitely see some problems with uh, with DeRozan and Aldridge trying to work out that offense. They're both kind of some uh, ISO mid-range, uh, mid-range-centric uh, kind of scorers. With DeRozan, DeRozan will get a lot of free throws, and that will help too, but uh, – but yeah, I don't I don't know how that's gonna work out. It'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I have the Pelicans at fourth. Um, the Pelicans were a game away in the win column from the fourth seed last year. Uh, we were in the fourth seed uh, before Demarcus Cousins went down. Before that uh, that infamous game where we we beat the Rockets and he went down with that with that injury. But um, but I definitely think that people are underrating these acquisitions we got in the off season. Uh, yeah, we did we did lose Boogie. We did lose uh, Rondo. Um, Rondo, we're definitely going to lose his leadership and his IQ on the floor, and he really was great about um, establishing that pace that we love to run because uh, by the end of the season, the Pelicans were were the fastest team in the league. They had the fastest pace in the league, and um, and I think we're going to continue that even without Rondo. Though uh, Rondo did have his flaws in the, in the regular season. Um, he was benched a lot in the fourth quarter. Gentry didn't trust him a lot in the fourth quarter with his defense. And, um, and yeah, so... We're just going to see, but uh, but I think people are underrating these acquisitions we got. We have Elford Payton. Um, he hasn't really found his place in the league just yet, but I don't think that he is a bust by any metric of the word. Um, I think he is going to be a good player, and I think that um, he, him being the uh, one of the best defensive players in, in college when he was at UL, um, you know, not far from where I live, um, he was one of the he was the best defensive point guard that year in, in college, and I think that he has the length and the, and the tools to do it. But um, but you're just going to have to be in a coaching staff that pushes them, and playing for two teams that are playing for the lottery every year doesn't really help with that. So I do think that Elford will be better um, under Gentry, who really does uh, favor point guards and, and make his offense around point guards. So that'll help. And then Julius Randle, um, I really see uh, the upside with Julius Randle. He's only 23 years old, averaged, I believe, uh, 16 and 8 last year on the Lakers, had his best season yet, and has uh, – made incremental improvements every season he's been in the league. So um, so I definitely see that fit with him and Davis working great, running the floor uh, with the athleticism. And Randall's an underrated passer as well, almost as good at, uh, at boogie on that end. and can really run the floor and, and uh, find shots for his teammates. So I definitely see the Pelicans being a great uh, team and possibly a 51 team next year. Okay. Yeah, actually, I talked to you about this on Twitter a little bit the other day, I think, actually, and I like – uh, the idea of Randall coming off the bench and not forcing him too much because I do think Miritich is a perfect fit with that. Uh, yes. With Davis, he's a great at spacing the floor and just really effortlessly fit into that team and made them so much better. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I think Randall's interesting. He's going to be my big uh, kind of deciding factor on how this team does. Uh, yeah, he's an interesting fit. So we'll see how that goes. So who are we taking at four? If we're going to do a consensus pick, who are we taking? Um, so I actually have the Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> at number four. <laughs> Just oh, because, is this four, is number four seed, a homer, a homer, homer pick. Yeah, 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 it's crazy, right? You Celtics know? at four. <laughs> Just, Just, Just get, yeah, four Celtics move to the Western Conference. You know, <laughs> we, let's put them. Let's put them there. Um, but I'm going to put the Timberwolves at number four because. Uh, the Pelicans actually went through a similar situation with Boogie going down, same to Jimmy Butler going down. The record that the Timberwolves had when Jimmy Butler was out for, I think, 23 games or like 25 games, something like that, was 11-14. and 14. So we went negative during that spree. But the other times, I think we were um, completely positive, and we were actually headed towards uh, securing the three seed. And that's crazy coming from a team that – just picked up this guy who's now supposed to be their new leader, and not a lot of those pieces are gone this year. It's the same pieces, except there's just only chemistry issues at this point, which can be figured out within the organization. I give a lot of credit to Tom Thibodeau for holding down the fort while he was gone, but also just 
making him better too. He this guy was coming up in MVP voting as well, uh, scoring like thirty points a night uh, every single uh, or for like a stretch in February, I think That's something like that. Dude or like never a stretch left the floor, in, man. <laughs> yeah, that was actually a point I was about to bring up is that basically due to Tom Thibodeau's uh, extreme coaching habits, <laughs> uh, most minutes per game <laughs> per player, um, there was a lot of success to that. We usually uh, space the floor uh, pretty well, except we would take really like slow possessions. Possession was like the main, the main uh, part of the game, and so was like defense. Defense was a focus, but along with points with chemistry and uh, the coaches uh, meshing with the players, there's only one factor, or actually there's two factors that really matter here, and that's the up-and-coming players with uh, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins was last year kind of showboating his uh, athleticism, but it wasn't showboating enough. It wasn't like enough to show um, that he was being consistent um, for being a fourth-year player, uh, first round or first uh, pick overall in the 2014 draft. Carl Anthony Towns, on the other hand, is a double-double machine who's been consistent ev- like every single night. So I want to see Carl Anthony Towns fix his problem of defense and uh, hustle back a little more, get his uh, get his game refined. But I also want to see Andrew Wiggins do the same thing along the lines. Uh, except I want him to use his length more. Um, his athleticism shows, like you can see the dunks on uh, Josh Richardson. That one was amazing. Uh, <laughs> and why can't we see that more often, you know? But that's why I put uh, the Timberwolves at number four because they do have a lot of potential uh, when all their players are healthy and consistent. Yeah, I definitely see them being uh, being a solid team, and and I thought they were going to be a really good team last year before Jimmy Butler went down when mm-hmm. they were, when they were at the three seed. I was I was pleasantly surprised about that, but um, but yeah, I think my biggest fear, which uh, which Timberwolves fans may or may not be uh, as you know worried about this as some other people are talking about it uh, and analysts and stuff, but but yeah, I don't I just don't see these three guys staying together. I mean, we've just see, heard so many rumblings out of there about about just not wanting to play for each other and, and Butler saying that Towns and, uh, and Wiggins don't work as hard and, and all that stuff. So um, I definitely see Wiggins going somewhere in the near future, and maybe that will help the team. Maybe just having Towns and Butler be the two forefronts of that squad would uh, could only help. But, um, but yeah, just seeing that chemistry being an issue. Yeah, I um, when I watched the games this year and all three of them were on the floor at the same time, um, there's a lot of Andrew Wiggins standing around. Like his his athleticism and his uh, length isn't actually used as much because the system doesn't actually uh, kind of fit his play style, in my opinion. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is a great player; he's fantastic. But without um, showing that he can be a twenty point, maybe like seven rebound, four assists like player, maybe three assist player, um, like there's not much we can really get out of him. Otherwise, we just need another guy who can kind of just soak up minutes. Uh, like the way Tom Thibodeau also coached around him was trying to give him uh, good shots. Except he's not like the best uh, three point shooter. He's not the best free throw shooter. So every time he drove, he would uh, sometimes miss, and he would end up just getting one point out of a potentially three point opportunity. Um, something that Jimmy Butler is just exquisite at like he just does that so well um it's not hard to see him actually moving uh in the near future uh especially if we tend to lose faith on him but this is actually i think his proving year uh i agree along the lines of uh he needs uh to guy kind of just get his act in in gear sort of um but I guess that would just be my point, you know, is that Andrew Wiggins could potentially also be an amazing player on a different team, too. What if he was running the show instead of being the third option, you know? Yeah, that's what um, I was going to say. I think the biggest yeah. problem is just him being the third option because he's not, he's not a very uh, efficient scorer to this point in his career. At least he hasn't proved yeah. that he can be an efficient scorer. So he really needs those shots to, to be effective, I think. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm wondering what kind of teams those could be, but that's probably just a different discussion well, for another time. Uh, the Pelicans need a three, so y'all can, y'all can yeah. throw them my way. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I just don't think that anyone's going to take on that contract. I think Minnesota's kind of stuck with those two guys, and if anyone's moving, it's Jimmy. Yeah, we just signed a max with Wiggins, and Jimmy uh, is about to finish his, uh, his last year on his two-year. So we'll see. This next offseason is going to be really interesting for the Timberwolves. 
All right, so that's our fours all settled for everyone? Yep. So we move to five. All right, I got all the right. Jazz. I had the Lakers at five. <laughs> yeah, I got the Lakers at five too. Um, yeah, Jazz, Jazz fits in there. If you have other people ahead of them, um, that's not that's pretty. I think that's their floor. The Jazz at five. I think you know, barring injury, obviously for every team, this could be something. Um, but yeah, five for the Jazz. I could see. Um, did Donovan Mitchell sort of hit that sophomore slump where he he knows he's a superstar and sort of just jacks up shots for no reason, um, which kind of can stall the offense. But at five for me, give me the Lakers. Um, like Brendan said, I've seen LeBron James too many times <laughs> to <laughs> count him out. And, you know, best play in the league, obviously that goes without staying. And like Adam said, if he's moving down to the block more like we saw with Michael Jordan, like we saw with Kobe Bryant, and you look at the teams around them, like Kobe Bryant had Lamar Odom be a playmaker when he was on the low block. And so if LeBron James has Alonzo Ball and LeBron James has a Lance Stevenson and LeBron James has a Rajon Rondo, I don't see why that can't work. Obviously, I'm not saying that those players are the where Lamar Odom was at that point of his career, because Lamar Odom was a bad man. You know, he would do crack in locker room, come back and drop 20 and 12. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he, he was a really, really good player. I think people forget about that um, Kardashian curse. But, yeah, I give, give, me, give me the Lakers a five. Isn't Ben Simmons I think Lonzo, Kardashian now? Uh, I it's think so. It's a Jenner, so I think it's sort of like thing. halfway. I mean, he still won't. I think this this proves that he won't develop a three point shot. But yeah, that's definitely. that's the that that's the curse. <laughs> that's how far that goes. He'll never he'll never get a three. Maybe but catch some aids or something along the way. <laughs> <laughs> how does he know how to shoot a shot anywhere except the court? <laughs> there we go. Exactly. But give give me uh, give me Lakers. I think Lonzo has. A, I I still have faith of Lonzo. I think people count Lonzo out, count Lonzo out way too quickly. If you look at his season last year, yeah, he had the struggles, but he still was uh, eleven seven and seven. I think, which is pretty darn good. And, and a great defensive getting, player. Good off ball defense, especially. He plays the passing lanes uh, probably with his length in helping him out. He plays the passing lanes quite well. Um, but I give he's going to improve. Brandon Ingram's a solid sixteen point scorer. Kyle Kuzma's a great piece off that bench uh or depending where they however they use them this year with lebron in there now yeah i, I like the lakers, the lakers at five. yeah i also have the lakers at five um i i, I had them in the thick of it uh i mean obviously they're going to be in the playoffs uh, i think they're gonna be right in the middle i don't think they'll be like an eight seed or anything like that but um but yeah i i don't see them being a home court team unless i i think ingram has to take a pretty big step for for them to be a home court uh contender that's just my opinion um i think that they could do it but uh but i'd, I'd have to see ingram taking like a like being a 20 point per game score before they're uh they're gonna get home court lebron's first season there so, so yeah i agree with that brendan blake you you taking anyone different than the lakers or the jazz at five um i might actually have uh the new orleans pelicans here and the reason I do is because Anthony Davis was supposed to be this MVP caliber player last year. I think he finished third in MVP voting. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he's an amazing player, and his ceiling is just, like, almost non-existent. This guy can handle the ball and play a four or five stretch. He could possibly put, potentially play the three. You know, like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime player. Um him along the lines of, I mean, they lost Rondo this year, but I trust in Aaron Holiday and, um, or I mean, Drew, uh, Holiday. Drew Holiday. Sorry, <laughs> Aaron Holiday's a prospect, but <laughs> he's on the Pacers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drew Holiday and um, Nikolai Miritich. I like those guys as the Pelicans' starting three, and along with Alvin Gentry, he's a great coach. Um, the bench is really strong for the Pelicans, uh, but without Rondo this year, I mean, they were he was a huge part of their playoff performance, which is why I'm kind of putting them this high, except they can retain a lot of what they had from Rondo last year, this year. He's a special playmaker, but I think they're making that up with, um, uh, I forget who they uh, Payton, have running Alfred their Payton. point guard. Yeah, Alfred Payton. So. We're going to have to see how that goes. That's why I'm putting him at five, because Alfred Payton is a gamble, but he's shown a lot of um, uh, potential. So we'll see where they go from I'll, there. I'll put it out there right now. AD is going to be the MVP this year. 
It's happening. I agree with that. I, I can believe it. Actually, I like actually, Giannis. I like DeMar DeRozan. Oh. <laughs> you, oh, you haven't even put the Spurs. The Spurs aren't even in his top five. I don't even know. The Spurs aren't even in my top five. Spurs are going to miss playoffs and DeRozan gets MVP. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Biggest biggest take of the century. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Pelicans at number five for me. Brenda? Yeah, I think uh, I had the Jazz. That was my last of topping it off there with all those teams. Okay, so number six, guys. This is where you the know, Thunder fall for me. I was going to uh, say Thunder for me, too. I'll get that out of the I, way for me. Like I said, I think this team reminds me too much of the team last year. And I feel like every other team on this list that we've mentioned, either, uh, I mean, at least the last three that we mentioned, two, two, four, uh, two three, four, or three, four, five, rather, I think they just got better. And I feel like the Thunder sort of stalled. And yes, the Thunder do have Russell Westbrook and Paul George, who are debatably two top ten players in the league. For me, they're at least two top, like, yeah, I think I had Paul George 11. So, yeah, we'll say two top ten players. Um, but Billy Donovan really irks me as a coach. I've said it already two, three times here on the podcast. Really irks me as a coach. Offensive <laughs> system isn't great. Um, I think I, uh, I coached middle school. I think I saw a middle school team run this same offense <laughs> last year. And, you know, like you said, shorter really reminds me of Melo. Um, Carmelo Anthony being the greatest Atlanta Hawks ever step on a court. Retire the number. <laughs> yeah, Retire the number 15 already in the rafters. But ugh, I just, like I said, I'm not going to dwell on it because we've already talked about the Thunder up at three or four, but, and I already mentioned my stuff. I just, this team reminds me too much of last year. And I feel like this is a case of the other teams are just better than they got worse. Yeah. That's I interesting. The, yeah. I have the Jazz at six. That's um, where I had the Jazz. Yeah, uh, just based on the fact, like I said earlier, um, I think they'll be a really good team uh, like they were last year. I just have to see it uh, be together for, get put together for a whole season because uh, with Gobert out and everything, who knows if he'll have injury concerns next year as well. Um, I mean, we're kind of banking on them being healthy, but uh, but yeah, I just have to see them put it together for a whole season before I uh, put them higher. I have the Spurs at six. Um, I, I think they're a good team. It gets really difficult right here because there's so many teams that I feel like are all really close. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Spurs kept pretty much the same thing. I know we talked about them a bit already. Uh, losing Danny Green's going to suck, uh, but adding Pirtle and DeRozan is going to be a big plus. I question their spacing a little bit, but you can't count out Popovich, and I, I didn't feel like I could rate them any uh, lower than this. So I got the Spurs at six. And they still have Ginobili. And that's all they Possibly. need. Possibly. <laughs> all they need. Yeah. As long as they have him there. One of the three. Have Keep a, him till I, he's I 50. A, <laughs> I, have a, I have a question. If a European player is a Euro step, is it doesn't just call the step? Yeah. No, we call it the Euro the step. step. We call it the Euro step. It might as well be the Ginobili. It just be. Yeah. Every next time Ginobili does a Euro step, I want the announcer to go, and that's a step by Ginobili. We have a quick take, guys. You want to watch the most trash league in the world? Watch the British Basketball League. Oh, no. Dude, it's the most trash. You'll see guys from college that were on the bench and probably played two minutes a game and they're fucking lighting it up, dude. Oh, yeah. I bet Jimmer Fredette would be like their MVP. Oh, yeah. If Fredette came here, it'd be like fucking fanfare, dude. Jimmer Fredette's the MVP of anything that's not the NBA. You know what? Screw it. Jimmer Fredette is the sixth seed for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just Jimmer Fredette. Yeah, but that's the one Rockets, Jazz, watch. Spurs, Lakers, Jimmer, Thunder. <laughs> Jimmer. There's Jimmer some homework, man. Go- YouTube some British Basketball League and watch that trash. Who's recording oh. those games? Fuck knows. We get every game televised and there's like no one there, dude. <laughs> like they're played in right, like so um, school sports halls. Anyway, let's get back. Uh, yeah. So any, that any, everybody any other surprise there? picks for the six? Um, I saw some numbers. I think you already... Um, you I the have thunder. the Trailblazers there, You actually. put the Thunder, didn't you? No. Or actually, wait. No, I put the Thunder. So I'm moving on to number seven too early. That's my bad. <laughs> You see, I'm struggling, man, because I've still got the Spurs, the Timberwolves, and I really want to believe that the, the Nuggets are going to 
gonna sneak in somewhere, but I think that's just because of IT. Have you put the Pelicans yet? The Pelicans were my next one. Okay. So we're on to seven, right? Yep, I'm obviously taking the Pelicans. You were saying the Blazers. I was play? saying the Blazers. I mean, they lost Ed Davis. Ed Davis this year. Um, their off season was really uh, interesting because I thought there was going to be a lot of uh, like maybe drama behind uh, the team because they lost Ed Davis and then there was some weird like cryptic stuff by Damian Lillard. Uh, I think there was like one thing by CJ McCollum as well. But I mean, they're a really good backcourt. Uh, they've kind of been missing uh, that three, four, five spot being spectacular since uh, Lamarcus Aldridge left, and um, you know, at my point again, Ed Davis being gone. Evan the Trailblazers Turner. or Evan Turner? Yeah, he's he's is he still there? I think I think yeah, he's he the best yeah. player on the team. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so they have a. A lineup that isn't too um, secure, but I'd put it above uh, someone like uh, the Spurs. Yeah, I have the uh, I have the Timberwolves at seven. Um, I would have had them higher, but uh, I had them here just for those uh, chemistry things that I, that I already spoke on. I, I just can't see all three of those players staying together throughout the whole season. I, I definitely see yeah. one of them being moved. Yeah, I have the Timberwolves here too. Like like you said, the chemistry issues. Their talent is there. You know, uh, Thibodeau, you know, the Minnesota Bulls, if you want to call it that. This is all the <laughs> former Bulls players you got there. And they run the same system. And Get all Joe Kimo over that. there. Joe Kimo over there, he'd be an instant all-star, second team all-defense. <laughs> I don't want Joe but, Noah. It's okay. <laughs> but Wiggins, like I said before, Wiggins kind of bothers me. Wiggins going to take that. I call them Ryan Tannehill players, uh, where every year it's like, there's the, that's going to be the year, and then another mediocre season. This is going to be the year, so I call them the, my Ryan Tannehill players, because that's what, how Ryan Tannehill was being viewed the last like four or five years, where every year was that next step, but that next step never happened. Um, is Andrew Wiggins going to fall into that class where the next step, or is he going to be an inefficient 16, 17-point scorer? Um, him being the third option, like you mentioned, isn't really going to help him morale-wise, and I think that's where a lot of immaturity issues come, where he wants to be the main role, or at least number two. He worked really well the number two uh, two years ago, with Cat being the number one, obviously, who's the best player, or I think the second best player out of the bunch. I have Jimmy Butler as the top ten player in the NBA. But uh, Jimmy Butler potentially leaving. Carl Anthony Towns has to step it up on defense. Is it going to be this year where he's actually going to finally become an elite defensive player, or at least an above-average defensive player? He's a good shot blocker, but like I've been harping at, for anyone I talk to, being a good shot blocker doesn't make you a good defender. Um, yeah. But like I said, the chemistry issues is really what's going to harp on this. And I had the Timberwolves really high last year, too, and they were really high until Jimmy like died and then came back. <laughs> uh, it really, really hurt them. But I had He died in my heart. Yeah, yeah, like uh, like Landon, I have them at seven, mostly because of chemistry issues and how are they going to really all – Coercively work. There's my big word for the day. Oh yeah. No, so we moved to eight. Now I, I have an unpopular take. I see the Timberwolves trading Jimmy towards the deadline and missing out on the playoffs. And then I see, Ooh. I see the Spurs taking the eight seed. Why? Huh. Give me, give me your reason for uh, huh. them trading Jimmy. Give me the, give me the reason, Adam. I want more from you. You want more from me on this? Okay. So I don't and do you, have, do you have a destination for Jimmy? Do you have a destination? I don't. Um, okay. Currently, so I'm... the Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks are going to be like the <laughs> obvious, and then I'm just following the trend. I can just see Jimmy getting moved. If he's not going to re-sign, and by like mid-season, they're fifth or sixth, they're going to look to think, well, we ain't going to win, so what's the point of keeping him and losing him for nothing at the end of the season? What? Well, I, I don't think there's much they'd get for him if I mean if they're moving if they're looking to trade him that means that he's on the way out anyways so yeah someone's but gonna be... something's better than nothing because second round pick yeah. first round pick it's better yeah. than just no star player walk. gets correct value for what they really are in this yeah league. dude and the way I see it is if he's leaving and they're not contending for the title they're not contending that they're, they're, they're pushing for like mid fifth sixth seventh eighth seed. If he's leaving, they're gonna flip him, and then we saw what happened when he wasn't when he went down last season anyway. And then obviously the Spurs, you can't count out pop. So I see the Timberwolves missing out and trading Jimmy before the deadline. 
You know who would be an interesting trade par- partner for Jimmy uh, Jimmy Butler? Portland Trailblazers. If Jimmy does get moved, Trailblazers might be on that because they were oh, in that it fucks up my whole list. Carmelo. They were kind of in it for Kawhi. At least they were sort of like mentioned as teams Four. that could possibly be. What, they have CJ? a team, uh, uh, maybe C, uh, maybe not CJ, but maybe like you said, star players. Like you see what Demarcus Cousins got traded for. I mean, a, I mean a if I was a a first round pick, and then and a buddy second round pick, buddy healed, and then their Wait. buddy healed equivalent. Who is like, buddy healed though? Isn't he on uh, the Kings? Sacramento, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like sort of like an equivalent to that, like a player yeah. that they might give up on too early or whatever. But mm-hmm. that that that's interesting take, Adam, for uh for him getting traded. I like that though, because like we said, chemistry issues, and if he wants out, if he gets traded, then Thibodeau just says, "I'm not doing this anymore." And just exactly, yeah. Yeah. Steve, Hopefully, Thibodeau says that at the beginning of the year, and they can do good. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's, that's my take, man. I just don't see him being there to after the trade deadline. I just can't see it happening. Yeah. Obviously, I might be wrong, but if he goes, then they miss out on the playoffs. I can't see them snagging us. You need more confidence in your hot takes. Jimmy's gone <laughs> by the deadline. Jimmy's gone by the deadline. You heard it here first. <laughs> Jimmy Butler yeah, to I the Boston have- Celtics. We don't want that. Him. We don't want Jimmy Butler. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from Jalen, Jason. <laughs> Get out of Marcus Smart's face, bitch. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, I actually. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I always, I also have the um, the Spurs at eight. Um, I think they'll sneak in just because uh, you, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna be the one to say that the Spurs are gonna miss the playoffs. But um, yeah, I don't see. Uh, the DeRozan-Aldridge pairing going as uh, swimmingly as people think. I definitely see them taking a step back on defense, and uh, and I'm not as high on uh, DeJounte Murray's ceiling as, as some other people are. So, so yeah, Spurs at eight. Just to get swept in the first round? Probably. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, so I actually uh, I accidentally didn't say my seven, but I got the Pelicans there and then the Wolves close at eight. Uh, yeah, it's interesting on – it's hard to leave some of these other teams out of the playoffs, though. Um, I just think the Wolves are going to be better than the Nuggets or the Blazers, I think, are going to fall off and have a pretty bad year. And one of CJ or Lillard will be gone, uh, more than likely CJ, because I think you'll have more interest since he really is a player that's going to fit really nice in any system. Uh, But at the same time, when Lillard went down last year, uh, I think one of the Celtics games, Lillard was not there. And it it, uh, blew my mind how good of a ball handler and distributor that CJ was. So I, I think he's a nice piece, and if they don't do great, which they don't necessarily have a reason to have improved, rather than they can't play this like everyone doubts us card all the time if you're going to get swept as a three seed. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I have the Pelicans and Wolves as my last two playoff teams. Um, I just right. have the Spurs as my eighth. Um, just to, along the same lines of them picking up DeRozan and seeing how he meshes with meshes with uh aldridge and stuff greg popovich is a great coach um i just don't know how um how much that is going to factor in when it comes playoff time uh regular season standings wise i think they're just going to finish eighth um we'll see what happens in the playoffs all right here we go i'm ready for some booze the tenth the tenth seed in this conference are the wait, wait, did we skip the ninth ninth i'm building up to it i'm building okay, up to okay. it yet. so <laughs> Tenth seed, give me the Portland Trailblazers. The okay. nine seed, the New Orleans Pelicans. The oh, eight the seed, Clippers? Denver Nuggets. Oh, okay. I was very high on the Denver Nuggets last year. Obviously, like they they lost the Minnesota uh, the game in Minnesota. That was more yeah. the win you win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, Blake's happy about that one. Just to break our I playoff drought. I really like the. Nuggets. I was high high on them last year. I think I had them at the sixth seed um, last year. This year I have them at the eight. Um, I see that defensively they do struggle. Obviously, name a good defender defender on that team. I'll wait. Um, but they're just gonna outscore everybody. Like they could easily average 115 points a game this year, which would put them four points ahead of Toronto, who averaged 111, which led the team uh, led the league. In a points well, per game. The thing about the uh, East and also, West, though, they're just kind of different conferences. That like the East is more uh, not going to be scoring as high, and it's more defensive. And the West is just offensive powerhouses. Where exactly, I don't think yeah. how Denver's, I don't see how Denver's going to win against 
Houston, Golden State, OKC, the Pelicans, and even the Timberwolves were a top five offense for a while last year. Uh, like I, I just don't think they can stop anybody. That depends if we get right. That depends if they get Boston Isaiah back. If they get Boston Isaiah, then they don't need to stop anybody. King of the Four comes <laughs> yeah. back, then it's and all also done. you have you have Jamal Murray, who's a very promising young player and is a great shooter. You have Gary Harris, also another promising young player who's a great shooter. Um, Michael pa- uh, Porter Jr. I don't know if he's going to be out for the year or what really his situation is, but if he say plays halfway through the year, he can be an extremely good, valuable piece of this team. Jokic is going to be a monster this this year. He's going to average over 20. He's going to get his six assists and probably like 11 rebounds. I think he's going to be in the MVP race. Could finish top five MVP-wise, depending on how good this team is. I just really like the Nuggets team. I've been high on them for a little bit, and maybe that's just me sort of picking a team and sticking with them for a couple years when I really shouldn't. But I have the Nuggets um, for my uh, the... 10 seed where I have the Blazers, eh, I don't really see it from them. Like I said, uh, Damon Lillard had a great year, um, but I don't really see it from them. And then the Pelicans, I, I had the Pelicans 8, but then, like I said, I forgot completely about LeBron and uh, the Lakers. So I, someone had to go, and uh, I love Anthony Davis. I think he's going to be an MVP candidate. If he doesn't make the playoffs, does he really win MVP? I don't know, but... Uh, I do like the additions that they did, but I just think the Nuggets figured it out this year and push someone out of the playoffs where it's going to be the Pelicans, I think, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I'd, be, I'd like to see the Nuggets make the playoffs. That's the thing. Yeah, I think it's definitely a sleeper pick and add, add a left field pick, but give, give me the Nuggets or give me death. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have the Nuggets as my, my first team missing the playoffs. Uh, I put them at nine in my rankings. Um, I think I think that uh, just a combination of I can't name a plus defender on that team, but like an average defender at best, they just they just don't have anybody that can that can stop really any uh, you know go to score, much less the best player on on anyone's team. I just don't see anybody being very good defending on the perimeter. Jokic is far from a defensive big man. Uh, he's not exactly a rim protector, and uh, unless he takes some serious steps on that end of the floor. Uh, I, I don't I think this team has a very clear uh, clear ceiling for them but um, but yeah I think I think IT will help uh, I definitely see them being a top scoring team and but all the metrics kind of kind of favor scoring and so that's why everybody has them you know as a top 10 team and everything but uh, but yeah the defense really uh, really hurts for me and, and also it's been a good I can't even I, maybe what six or seven years now that they've missed the playoffs so um, yeah I just don't see that trend ending because they they added Isaiah Thomas I'll say what the I'm shocked that they didn't make a run at Marcus Smart. Oh, that would have been great for them. Yeah, for that exact reason, like he was exactly what they would have needed—a defender that can lock down the the go-to scorer. Yeah, I think it's just the fact that uh, all the young players are going to be on uh, upper contracts this next year. They didn't really want to uh, give twelve to fifteen million to a player when they have to resign all the other players. I think that's the big reason why they didn't do that. But yeah, I am surprised they didn't at least try for uh, smart. Yeah. Yeah, I have the Nuggets in the same spot. They're my nine, first team out. Uh, I think they have high upside and could sneak in. But, yeah, like I said, I just don't think they have the defense. Um, and my number nine is also the Nuggets. Um, I'm really hyped on Michael Porter Jr., but he's also injured. So we can't really uh, depend on him too much until he starts playing. We'll see how he actually does. Uh, but from what I've seen, um, the Nuggets can be a really good team. They just have a young core. They just don't have, I think, what it takes for uh, – uh, they, see, they had a fight with the Timberwolves last game of the season, so technically we would have gotten Michael Porter Jr. the Timberwolves. <laughs> what would you <laughs> rather lost, have? You know, but uh, what would I rather have? Yeah, win that game. Michael and Porter Jr. Jr. Don't even – Dick by the Rockets, which would you rather have? <laughs> hey, yeah, it, yeah, was, right? it was a how-many-year playoff drought. Third like, team. come on, this series, the, the city needed it. <laughs> yeah, no, it didn't. It, they haven't city. done anything since KG came to oh Boston. Oh yeah, memories. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. How how did Ryan <laughs> Gomes turn out? Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn. Mm-hmm. Hey, you leave my man Johnny Flynn out of this. Syracuse all the way, baby. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right so we miss We miss anybody at nine. 
I guess not. All right. Well, my t- and I got the Blazers. Uh, it's pretty low, but uh, yeah, I think the Blazers and the Clippers are the two teams that are on this are on the same level before you kind of drop a tier. Uh, so those are going to be my next two at ten and eleven. I like I said, I think the Blazers are going to have a down year. Uh, possibly move on. You know, your bold take of Jimmy being gone. CJ will be gone by the deadline. It's my hot take. And uh, and then I think the the Clippers are the team right after that. They have a high upside, but they're not going to do great this year. Yeah, I also I have think- the Blazers at ten. Um, I just can't see. Uh, I also think that one of uh, Dame or CJ, probably CJ, will be traded uh, by the deadline for sure. I just don't see that. Um, they definitely just need to get something on the wing, some sort of variance uh, between those, because both of those are not you know, very good defensive players. They both can score the hell out of the ball, but that only gets you so far. So um, I have them at 10. I think Ed, uh, the losses of Ed Davis and, and, and Napier are really going to hurt them. Yeah, those are like their think, hustle and heart guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They... You can go continue. Okay, guys, anyone right, want to drop in any honorable mentions? Uh, honorable mention for me, sleeper, wicked sleeper. Um, I think a lot of stuff have to go their way, but Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I think people forget how really good that team is when Gasol and Conley are really going. Do I think they'll make the playoffs? No. I have them 12, so that are 11 right after the Blazers. But if, say, someone gets injured, God forbid, or something really doesn't work out and Jimmy does get traded, say, and uh, Carmelo Anthony just is so bad the Rockets win three games all year, I could, you know, Memphis with Jaron Jackson Jr., and they have some uh, nice little pieces. Dylan Brooks is a second-year player you should watch out for. You have a Kyle Anderson off that bench around the second unit. Um, Chandler Parsons, if he ever decides to get off his lazy ass and actually play for at least $5 million of his $20 million contract, hey, watch out for them. My sleep is the Suns. I honestly have the Suns of the worst. Uh, not the worst team. I- I'd have them... <laughs> Barely above the Kings. Really? I, I just think they're too they're too young. Like I like the potential they have. I I just don't think that's why it, it's another no defense. They're raw, but with DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker, they're going to be able to put up points. They're going to. Uh, I'm excited to see what Ayton can do on the defensive end as well. Uh, I can't see them making the playoffs, but I can see them finishing above the Kings. And I think I don't know why, but I'm just not hot on the Blazers, so I can see them finishing above the Blazers as well. So yeah, who's my, the word? Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. My uh, my honorable mention is the the Dallas Mavericks, uh, just because I like the Dallas Mavericks, um, and I like some of the moves that they they made in the offseason. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. Don't don't quote me on that. I definitely don't think they're going to be a playoff team. But uh, I like bringing DeAndre Jordan in, which uh, it was kind of you know the nostalgia from the Clippers locking him in a closet a couple years back. They finally got their their <laughs> man, so I think he'll help help them on the defensive end. Uh, I really like Doncic. Uh, I think he's going to be really, really good for them. And uh, whichever position he plays, I think they said he was going to play the four. I don't know how that's going to work out. But um, but definitely if he's in the backcourt, yeah, if he's in the backcourt with Dennis Smith Jr., uh, both of them, I mean, Doncic was the best passer in the draft this past year. He's a great playmaker, and he's established. He's been um, he's been winning championships in, in the European League for, for quite some time now, and, uh, and he's definitely the most established out of all these rookies. And uh, Harrison Barnes, um, he's a guy that's still, a, you know, a really, really solid wing in this league. He can score the ball. He can play some defense. Uh, I'd be happy if the Pelicans traded for him. But, uh, but yeah, I could see that team being a sleeper for me. Doncic has no minutes at the four. Dirk's just going to take uh, 20 fadeaways a game in his farewell tour season. Farewell tour. <laughs> I'm down for that. <laughs> farewell tour for the one-time MVP. One-time Jamie. <laughs> for R.J. Barrett. Yeah. Right, um, my honorable for- mention would have to go to the Kings. Um, call me a little biased, but uh, Hen- Harry Giles and Marvin Bagley the third just sounds like a great uh, backcourt that can potentially just move up in the rankings this year. I think their win percentage uh, is probably not going to break 35, you know? Or, I mean, not win percentage, uh, but uh, a wins, wins is not going to break 35. Uh, but I still see them from going... Uh, whatever they were at this year, pretty low to uh, improving their record and gaining a lot of chemistry. De'Aaron Fox is a really up-and-coming player. He showed a lot of potential, and he's a clutch player as well, someone that uh, or not a lot of teams have that kind of player out of a rookie. So 
we'll see where he develops. He seems like a very exciting player. I want to see how the Kings uh, end up going with this squad, with this young core. I think they have potential, but as a Celtics fan, the Kings are the worst team in the league. <laughs> hey, second worst team That's in the league. Fingers crossed. <laughs> second worst. You're right. Second worst. We can't, they can't be the worst now. Yeah. So, who wins this entire conference? Warriors. Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Does anyone I, say not Golden State? The Timberwolves. Um, the Timberwolves. I could potentially see the Jazz being the conference finals opponent. I think if the acquisition of Carmelo Anthony and the departure of those two players, Trevor Reza and Mbute, like we mentioned, really, really does hurt them. Um, you know, basically one for one with Gobert and uh, Capella, so their impact sort of balances out. Um, do I think they'll do it? No, but they do have the swishy defenders sort of. They look a lot like Houston from last year. Just uh, They look a lot like Houston from two years ago, where it was sort of Donovan Mitchell for, uh, you know, without, the team, same team, just without Chris Paul. So they could potentially make the conference finals. I don't think it'll happen. I still think it'll be a rematch of last year. But uh, that's sort of my somewhat hot take. But the Warriors still win. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All yeah. right, guys. So um, we're running out of time now. Um, uh, one, one last thing, Adam, before we wrap up. I think it goes, you know, without me saying, um, I think for all everybody here at Pulse Sports and everyone who's joined us, um, just thoughts and prayers out to anyone directly or indirectly involved in the shooting today at, uh, in Jacksonville. Um, if any of you guys heard about that, at a Madden event, there was a shooting. Um, just thoughts and prayers out to everybody here at Pulse Sports. We want to, you know, just give our condolences for families involved, anyone who was indirectly involved or directly involved in the shooting today. So uh, that's my my final final thing. No, yeah, that's crazy, man. You're not safe thing, anywhere. Man. Thank you very much. And yeah, our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody involved or indirectly involved. Absolutely. Hope Rest everybody else there that um, managed to get away safely remains safe. And guys, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Celtics Pulse podcast. You can catch us on Twitter, on iTunes, on Spotify. We've also got an Instagram page and a Facebook page, so make sure to check them out. And we'll catch you next week.